Hey there, and welcome to the United Church Podcast. We are a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love. We are striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you enjoyed this week's homily. So this December will mark three years for me and my family here in Seattle. Three years, which is a bit of a milestone for us as a family, mainly because it will be the second longest tenure that our family has ever lived anywhere. In 16 years of marriage, three years will be the second longest tenure living anywhere. Let that sit for a second. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Like, that's just ridiculous. That in 16 years of marriage, in 16 years as a family, a three-year stint somewhere is your second longest tenure. And not because the first longest tenure is 13 years, right? And not because it's that long, but because we have moved and uprooted ourselves over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I think that's enough overs. But we've moved a lot. We have literally uprooted our family from the places that we have lived and we have traversed this country from Chicago to California to Chicago to California to Chicago to Seattle. Like this has been our life. This has been the ways in which we have traversed this country, the ways in which we have uprooted ourselves over and over and over again in search of something, in search of community, in search of roots, in search of stability, in search of something. But we've uprooted ourselves, and we have these desires. Like, I, I know for myself, I have, I have this desire to plant roots somewhere, to, like, dig deep into the soil of where we live, of, of where we are at, to actually plant roots and not have to leave, to actually say, this is where I'm from. This is where I belong. This is my home. I have that desire. I have that, that longing for rootedness. I have that longing for home. And I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us have that same desire. That desire to belong somewhere. That desire to hold yourself tight into a place and say, This, this is my home. This is my place. Back in the 40s, uh, the author, philosopher, brilliant woman, Simone Weil, she wrote this. She said, Uprootedness is by far the most dangerous spiritual malady to which human societies are exposed. Uprootedness is by far the most dangerous spiritual malady to which human societies are exposed. That in this life that we live, that in this uprooted nature of how we exist, that it's actually a spiritual problem, uprootedness. 
to not be rooted in a place, to not be connected in a place, to not be connected with a people, with a neighbor, with a place, is to be uprooted. It is actually creating and causing a tremendous amount of spiritual harm to your life, to your soul, to your spirit, to your body. I think about that a lot in my own life. The, the loneliness that I experience from time to time because the depth of relationship is not present around me. I, I think of it in terms of the secludedness that oftentimes can come in and out of my life where the people that I know have just uprooted themselves and left or I have uprooted myself and left and now there are not the depth of relationships that I long for. The depth of reality and knowing one another and being known by another that I long for because I've uprooted or because they have uprooted. And it's a longing that sits beneath the surface, a longing that I, I so desperately desire to correct or to see changed. Loneliness, seclusion, being by ourselves. This is not what God had intended for us. This is not the way in which he wanted us to experience and live out this life of uprootedness, of being nomads in this culture that we inhabit. But in fact, God wanted us and desired for us something vastly different. And in fact, he said so much to the Israelites in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. They had been completely exiled from their land. They had literally been, by violent forces, uprooted from their land and dispersed throughout the Babylonian Empire. This was not something that was done politely or kindly or lovingly, but was done through force, ripped them up out of their land and dispersed them throughout the Babylonian Empire. They were literally oppressed as slaves, as people who were having the weight of an empire pressed down upon them. And God, in the midst of this space, in the midst of their turmoil, in the midst of their pain, this is what he says to them. In Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 4, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. These people who had been carried into exile, these people who had been forced out of their land, God is saying to them, plant roots here. Plant roots here. Settle here. Stay here. Build homes here. Build a life here. Develop families here. Grow in number here. Settle here. Root yourself deep into the soil here. 
and don't plan on leaving anytime soon. A people who had no reason to want to root themselves there. A people who had been forced to live in this place. A people who had been forced and oppressed in this space. God is saying, help it prosper. Root yourself there. Stay there. Give yourself there to this place. Root here. I really like Seattle. I really like it. I think it's a pretty awesome city. I, I think it's really beautiful. I, it, it's perhaps one of the most naturally beautiful cities in the contiguous 48 states. I mean, I, I have not been to another city in this country that is more naturally beautiful than Seattle. Mount Rainier, when it is visible, is a sight to see. When you look to the north and Mount Baker is just radiant, like it's just radiant in these pinks and yellows with this white sheer face. You look to the east and there's the Cascades and all of their alpine glory. And then to the west and you see the Olympics. You've got the sound with these whales that continue to like appear and move and, and flourish in this beautiful sea of blue upon a cascade of green and white, the hills of this city, the people within this city. It is so beautiful. I have not been exiled in Seattle. I chose to live here, right? Many of us, I, I don't know anybody that has been exiled to Seattle. Many of us have actually chosen to move here, even if it was for a job, a job that brought us into this city, right? We are here because of work, but it was a choice. We were not exiled here. And if God is telling the Jewish people, as they are exiled in Babylon, stay there, root yourself there, be there, give yourself to the peace and prosperity of that city, of that place and those people, how hard of a command that is for them, how much easier is it for us to do the same thing? To give ourselves to this city called Seattle, this beautiful, beautiful, amazing place that continues to change and move and shape not only this area, not only this region, but who we are as a people. Simone Weil, in her book on uprootedness, she wrote this. She said, to be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. When God was talking to the Israelites, when he was telling them, root yourself here, it wasn't just a command to make Babylon great. That wasn't his point. That wasn't his hope. He was saying, you are here now. You have been exiled into this place. You need to root yourself because it's what's good for the soul. It's what's good for who you are. It's what's good for your being, for your spirit, for your heart, for your mind. To be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. 
let us root ourselves here in this city and in this place. Let us find ourselves rooted here in this city, in this place, in this church community. Let us begin to seep deep into the soil, our roots, to find connection and connectedness so that our soul may flourish like none other, so that we may flourish like none other. Tim Keller, he, he wrote this in a, um, in a book. He said, if you are in a city or a community that is broken, where people are burned out or spiritually lost, where there is violence, stay as long as you can. Stay as long as you can. The city is that. Any city that we, were, we would find ourselves in is that. It's a city that is broken, that needs help, that needs Christians to shine a light of grace and of love and of mercy and of peace into a city and into a place. Stay as long as you can. It's a call to commit to the city of Seattle, to commit to the things that are being done here. I, I know that there are some of us in this community that have said, you know what, like I'm, I'm here for, you know, maybe a year, maybe I'm here for two years kind of thing, but then I'm going to move on to the next place. That's an uprooted sort of nature. That's an uprooted sort of life, a life that God does not necessarily want for us. God wants us to be planted, to be rooted, to find the depth of our being here in community, in a city and in a place. And so if that's you, if you say, you know what, like eh, maybe a year, maybe two years, I want to challenge you to double that. To say, no, 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 I want to commit. I, okay, I, I, I'm going to commit to staying in Seattle for two to four years instead. Or maybe you've said, you know what, it's going to take me four to seven years before I'm invested in stock in this place uh, with the company that I'm in. So I, I, I'm going to actually stay eight years instead, or 14 years, or 20 years. Like, I'm going to double my commitment into this place so that I can actually begin to build roots, to begin to build a root system here in this place, in this city. But here's the thing. It doesn't just happen in a city. I want to also challenge you to commit to rooting yourselves into this community, into this church, into this place that we call United. We're young. We're new. We're fresh. <laughs> right? We're a new church and a new community that, that has no roots within this neighborhood. We have no roots within this city. All of us are transplants into this place. And the only way in which this church succeeds, the only way in which this church continues to have any longevity or any hope for a future is rootedness into this neighborhood, into this city, into this place. A rootedness that connects us to each other and a rootedness that connects ourselves to the city around us. That we begin to build homes and to settle in. And I, I know the building homes thing is pretty impossible um, at this moment. I, I see the real estate market. 
I know that that is impossible for many of us at this moment. But just because it is impossible to build a house or to buy a house or a condo, <laughs> the cheap ones, right, does not mean that we cannot still develop roots, develop a root system through interconnected relationships here within our neighborhood, within our city, as we get to know our neighbors, as we get to know the people that are around us. It's, it's amazing the amount of rootedness that can take place in a short amount of time. It's been almost three years that we have been here. It's been almost three years. December marks three years. And the amount of rootedness that I and my family have here in Seattle is far different than probably anywhere else that we've ever lived. I, 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 I say that based off of a very, very recent experience mainly being sick for the past month with stones that just won't quit, right? And going through two surgeries over the course of the past month. The amount of community connectedness, the way in which this church has surrounded our family and helped us out over the course of the past month is nothing short of remarkable. The ways in which you have brought food and taken care of us, helped us laugh, uh, even pitching in at, at the church to make things function and go and happen. Like, it's unbelievable. Uh, just the other day, Jen, uh, Jen sent Tracy a note saying basically, like, you know what, we had just read in Romans 12 in the, in the Thursday night Bible study, we just read in Romans 12 about the, the church being a body and like when the right arm is struggling, when the right arm is, is, is suffering and can't do anything, the left arm picks up all the rest of the weight, right? And that's kind of what's been happening here in the midst of this, of this community coming together, surrounding our family and helping us to move forward. It's a rootedness that I'm not quite sure I've ever truly experienced, not only within the church, but outside of the church. It's, it's, a, it's a rootedness in a, in a home that is brand new, that is beautiful. Something that I don't take lightly or want to even begin to take for granted. It's a hope that I have for everyone that we would begin to step into this place, that we would begin to root ourselves deep in one another's lives, but also into the life of the city, that we would actually seek the peace and prosperity of Seattle that we would begin to pray for its success, that we would pray for blessing in this city, not that it doesn't have enough already, right? But that more would continue to come as, as good things would begin to happen in terms of some of the, the, the massive systemic injustice that is here within the city, that we would fight for that, that we would work for that, that we would be a part of the change in that. But I know that it's not easy. I know that there's this thing called the Seattle freeze, right? That, that, that is something that we all deal with. That, that, that relationship isn't necessarily the easiest thing to come about in this city, which is why the, I, I found this thing, 10 ways to combat the Seattle freeze. There's an organization called Growing Home Together that put out these, these 10 ways in which we can combat the Seattle freeze. And I'm... I, 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 I want to kind of like, I'm going to use the 10. We're going to use the 10, but kind of tweak them just a little bit for our purposes as a church. But the first one was this. The first way is to keep showing up. 
The first way to combat the Seattle freeze is to keep showing up. Like you just make yourself a familiar face in the same place. You keep showing up on Sundays. You keep showing up at Tent City Five. You keep showing up at small group. You keep showing up whenever we are gathering together as a community for parties, for celebration. Keep showing up. Make yourself a familiar face. It's the whole cheers epidemic, right? You remember when Norm would walk into the bar on cheers? I know I'm dating myself. Norm, everybody would yell, right? Because he kept showing up. He became a familiar face. He became a familiar person in relationship with everyone around him. Keep showing up. The second one, ask more questions. I like this one a lot. I like this one a lot. Oftentimes when you find yourself in, in, a, in a communal setting or like a party setting, oftentimes you find the conversation hit a lull, right? You, you all get to that point where the conversation lulls and you're like, what do I talk about next? Ah, weather's beautiful, isn't it? Ah, yeah, it's great. Instead of <laughs> harping back towards the weather or the fallback of normal, ask more questions. Begin to create a repertoire of maybe penetrating questions that allow you to get to know the person that you're in conversation with. Questions of where, where's home for you? Like where did you move from? Where is your, your place of origin, so to speak? Oh, I'm from the Midwest. Oh, really? Great. It's an interesting sort of conversation. And in fact, just the other day, uh, yesterday, in fact, I, I was at a funeral for uh, a friend of mine's dad. And while they were going through his life story, I found that he was from the north suburbs of Chicago, right by where we lived for a couple of years in one of our short stints of life. It's like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And not only that, but that he had been a part of the Moody Bible Institute sort of things, which is exactly what my great-grandmother was a part of. Like, there's these, like, strange familial connections that are taking place here, and we didn't meet until we moved to Seattle, right? Ask more questions. Figure out what sort of life connections play in there. And if, if there are no life connections there, you're learning these beautiful things about somebody's story as a result. Ask more questions. A, th a, th a third thing that we can do is to name it, claim it, right? This is great. This one's my favorite. Know your context and claim it as who you are. I live in Lower Queen Anne. I live in Lower Queen Anne. I'm claiming that as my home right? I'm going to name it and I'm going to claim it. Like, that's where I live now. That is where I am rooting myself in. It, it might be, oh, I, le I live in Queen Anne. I live in West Seattle. I live in Green Lake. This is where you live. This is your home. Name it and claim it. And don't hide from that. No, my home, my root, my context is this. The fourth one, eye contact and salutations. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's nice to see you, right? Like to actually make eye contact with people. I, I can't tell you how often I go through a day that I have to really work to make eye contact with people because their eyes are shifty and their head is too, 
right? As they move themselves around, that I work really hard and really desperately to make eye contact with people, to actually connect with them and to say, hi, how are you? It is good to see you. Eye contact and salutations. The fifth one, live like you live here. Find the things that are happening in this city and do them. Be a part of them. Go to the festivals that happen all the time throughout the summer. Be a part of what is taking place in your neighborhood. There's a beautiful thing that happens up here on top of the hill during, during the Christmas season where they, uh, they, they do all of these, uh, like Halloween is coming. And uh, so I'll, I'll jump back to Halloween because that's, that's coming first. The, the, the whole Queen Anne Avenue shuts down on Halloween, and all of the kids walk up and down the drag, trick-or-treating in their costumes. The first year that we lived here, we didn't take Elliot to that. We, did, we, we didn't do it. But last year, we did, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we act like we live here? It was beautiful because we got to see people that we hadn't seen in a while, connections and relationships of people. It was like, oh, you live here. This is great. This is wonderful. Live like you live here. We oftentimes, it's become a pretty regular rhythm for our family. We eat at Zeke's every Friday night. I mean, almost every single Friday night. We get up there just before the happy hour ends, so we get the $7 mini pizzas, right? Because then Elliot gets the pizza that she wants, and Tracy gets the pizza that she wants, and Aaron gets the pizza he wants, and we don't have to fight about it. We get the $7 mini pizzas, right? And I tell you, every time that we're there, it, it does not fail that we see at least one to two people that we know, that we've connected with. And it's like, hey, neighbor, live like you live here. Make yourself, keep showing up and live like you live somewhere. Number six, engage in local politics. This is actually really fascinating to me. This was on, their, on, on, the, on the Growing Home Together uh, list, was engage in local politics. And, and as I thought about it, I was like, oh, that fits Seattle. Holy cow, right? Like, that fits. Like, if, if Seattle is not local politics, it is nothing. <laughs> it is all about the local politics. But engage. Engage. I, the, the relationships that I have been able to develop for going to community meetings like in local community politics meetings, has been remarkable. In fact, that's how we got involved in Tent City Five, was because I went to a homeless um, encampment conversation meeting, right? Like I went and I showed up and I learned about it. I was like, oh, let's do something about that. Engage in local politics. Figure out what the city cares about, what it is that the city is engaging in and wants to know about. Number seven, invite them to dinner. This one's a little countercultural, but invite people into your home for dinner. Like invite them over, have dinner parties even. You don't even have to just invite one person over. Have a dinner party, invite three or four people over and be like, hey, we're having a dinner party. All you gotta do is bring a bottle of wine, we'll have a great time, right? Like have dinner parties, have them regularly. Get to know people, root yourself in relationship there because there is something that happens over a meal that is beautiful, that is amazing, that breaks down walls, that breaks down barriers 
and helps you connect with one another. Number eight, call a friend. Call a friend. Not text a friend. Not email a friend. Call a friend. Once a week, once a week, call someone and just shoot the breeze with them. Just call them. It doesn't mean you have to get together for coffee because I know that that can be actually really difficult as we think about schedules and as we think about like, oh, we've been trying to get together for three weeks to have dinner together or three weeks just to grab a coffee. Just give them a call and connect that way. Call a friend. You don't necessarily have to sit down for coffee. Just call and shoot the breeze for five to ten minutes. Give them a call. Number nine. Have a party. Find reasons to celebrate. Find reasons to get together, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a birthday, whether it's um, you, your kid lost their first tooth. Like, just find a reason to celebrate and have a party. Throw parties and have fun together in community with each other. Be the instigator. Be the one that is known for instigating the party. Have a reason, you, you, and, and the reasons can be small, but throw a party. And number 10, indulge your curiosity. There are so many strange and weird things about Seattle. So many strange and weird things about Seattle. Indulge your curiosity. If you see a flyer on a street sign that says, hey, there's this great poetry reading at um, uh, a Queen Anne bookstore, right? There's a great poetry reading. You're like, oh, that, that'd be kind of cool. Indulge your curiosity and go. Try it out. Experience it. See it. Begin to root yourself into the neighborhood, into the city in which you live. And all of these things not only combat the Seattle freeze, but they also help to create a community of rootedness here as a church if we would all begin to engage in these sorts of things, it'd be amazing what this church would start to look like. The community that would begin to deepen. We already have a community that's formed. But the community that would begin to deepen as a result. This is something that each and every one of us are responsible for. Because as Simone Weil said, said this, to be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. Let us do these things. Let us root ourselves deep into this community. Let us root ourselves deep into relationship with one another and there find a fullness that maybe we've never experienced before in our adult life. Because to be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. Father, we thank you for your son. And we thank you for this call that you have to us in somewhat of a nomadic city, in somewhat of a transient city, to root ourselves here in this place and in this space that we would begin to work hard to combat the Seattle freeze that, uh, that so easily uh, 
saps us of our motivation. Father, may we be a people that root deeply with one another. May we root deeply in this city and may we root deeply so that your name may be known, that community may be formed, and that we would seek out the peace and prosperity of this city. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at noon at 1316 3rd Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.